Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yeah, it was Edgar, so I went the opposite direction. And uh, <laughs> oh, hey man, um, I go to uh, I went to Talbot, so yeah, we all we all mulled Talbot, and then then I saw like, I didn't even actually know he, it was him that scored. To be honest with you, I just it was a three on one and. Yeah, it happened so fast, and it didn't even know we had a hat trick, so we celebrated in the room pretty good with him. Fair to say your new skates work tonight? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what happened last game? No, I had a podcast yesterday, oh. and I baked new skates with when, I, when I was recording. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe I have to ask Tony every game now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to be really happy with game. me, yeah. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show, a late-night edition, but well worth it after a thrilling 6-5 to win for the Wild against the Jets. Judd's Hockey Show, of course. I'm Judd. He's Declan. And um, all right, Dex, I want to start I want to start off with this thought mm-hmm. because this was a thrilling game. Um, my, it was after midnight here. It was you you go right ahead. I might pour my own right here with the Surly Furious. Um, it was a thrilling game. It, it's one of the best. It's one of the best regular season games I've seen in a long time. It felt like a Definitely. playoff game in some ways. But here's where I want to start. So I dubbed this team about five years ago or so the Furious Rallies mm-hmm. as an insult to to the fact that this team of uh, Parisi and Suter and Zucker and just go down the entire uh-huh. list. Koivu and and Nino and Granlund. I dubbed them the Furious Rallies as an insult because they didn't care until they did care. And then when they did care, it was balls to the wall. It, it was, you know, lots of times too late. But then they cared, and it's like, we're going to come back. And, and it's like, you got yourself in this, you idiots. Like, you don't don't even bother. Just go home. Um, and I got some tweets tonight as the Wild came back. The Furious Rallies are back. And I'd like to say something. Okay. No, they're not. This is this is why. And I know that there's a lot of people with Parisi and Suter and Koivu jerseys. This is why I was begging for this roster to be torn apart. Because what we saw tonight was not, was not an indictment of, well, they had to come back and win. It was a credit in the fact that they, A, didn't give up. They're they're goalie i don't care what the coach said had a bad game um they looked to be dead but they weren't dead they came back and won on joel erickson x hat trick on a perfect tic-tac-toe fiala kaprizov ek goal in ot and this is what i was dreaming of when i said get this roster torn apart bring in new guys marcus Foligno. let's just take him for a second and I will go back to what I said to you last week. I don't care about the points. Marcus Foligno, with a, with a letter on his sweater now, um, he's always tried hard, but he is a man possessed. And this entire team, Declan, the way tonight that I saw them, and it's three games in, I, I get that. But th- this also extends to a lot of, I think, what we saw in the pandemic short in 2021. Um, the way that they lift each other, and the way that they play, and the fact that they now have a player in Kaprizov who's a superstar who the opposing team has to focus on, this team is so far from the furious rallies garbage that we saw 
And what we saw tonight was so much fun. Uh, this team is so tight, and you can tell that I just want to be very clear here. There's a big difference between not caring and then caring yep. and caring the entire game and then winning it. Um, kudos to the roster that Bill Guerin has built. This is what I was talking about. The floor huge, is yours. Huge win, man. Huge win. Um, especially considering up until the overtime save, and we'll get into it in a little bit, Cam Talbot did not have his game tonight. Cam Talbot was, I'll be honest, pretty brutal through all of regulation. And Connor Hallibuck, through the most part, up until the last five minutes, looked like the guy who could have won a Besna Trophy and should contend for a Besna Trophy again this year. He made some big-time saves. You and I were sitting next to each other, and we said, I believe it was Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm had a big breakout play. And look, Sturm's a fast, nice player. You and I have been on his, on his bandwagon and on his fan parade. But he makes a nice move, and Connor Hellebuck makes a big save. And you and I looked at each other and said, I think that's probably it, right? I mean, that's the goalie that makes a big save, and that, that'll probably wrap things up. And then the Wilds still find, find a way to rally. Zuccarello, Kaprizov, Ek, after a mostly, yeah, they, they had some chances, but still got a little too cute at times. They start carrying the load as well. They end up having a, a, a great game towards the end. They help fuel that rally. And I think to your point about Parise and Suter and Koivu, all being off this team, and this being a new era wild, about Bill Guerin saying this isn't about hard work and having fun. This is about effing winning. That comeback was the epitome of that statement. And when you have guys like Kaprizov, Fiala, and Ek making big-time plays, Matt Dumba having a big night tonight as well, that th- th- this is a new era of the wild. And yes, it's, it's overreaction season. You and I did an overreaction episode two days ago. After the 2-0 start over two bad Carolina teams, or California teams, excuse me. And the Winnipeg Jets are supposed to be damn good this year. The Jets should contend and most likely be in the playoff picture in a crowded central division. Mm-hmm. But so far, for the Wild to come out in front of your first time in, what, Judd, 21 months, having a full capacity crowd and you deliver that kind of performance. And I know the full capacity crowd, it was more like half capacity by the time that comeback was completed. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, an incredibly encouraging win i know uh and lastly here quickly i i I try not to get too sucked into hockey cliches Mm -hmm. hockey culture Mm -hmm. hockey things that i know guys that played hockey and people who watch hockey understand that and get that and i respect that but that kind of win is a signature win for a hockey team and it it, it goes a long long way yes that is but that win and this is the key. That win looks to me, and, and this this goes back to last year too. That's who this team has become, and that's what's impressive. And let me tell you right now. So, so the Jets accomplished, Kyle Connor of the Jets accomplished a feat, a mistake tonight that is really hard to do. He was offsides on an empty net goal. And if they get that goal, it's what, six to four? Game's, Game's done. Game's done. Okay. So the Wild, I, I heard Dean talking about this in his post game. The Wild basically got buzzed from their, I think it was their video guy saw it because the because Connor was on the far side of the ice away from the Wild bench. So they couldn't see that he was offside from their bench. But that was an incredible stroke of luck. That's a terrible play by Connor. All of that being said, this wild team works and deserves that and gets a break like that because they do work hard because they do care because they because there there are some guys who didn't have great games tonight dex but here here's my question how many wild players did you see because we've seen this before take the night off like where they just don't show up where they where where you're like you don't even care do you I didn't see it. I don't. That doesn't mean that that Fiala can't potentially have better games. Greenway, same thing. So I'm not saying that this entire team was perfect. But this team for years never deserved, nor did it create its own luck. And the difference between the team that that we saw last year, and I think it's be, it's more honed now, um, but the difference between the team that we saw last season and now into this year 
is this is a team that creates creates its own good fortune through hard work. And I cannot tell you how what a breath of fresh air, win or lose tonight, that game was. Because one, it was a really fun game. Um, the other thing too, and, and just as a fan, and Dex, I mean, I'm sure that, that you agree with this 1,000%. But the other thing too is, how about the speed now? Yep. Like we're they're going up and down with the Jets. The Jets are a good team. You're right. Um, the Minnesota Wild, aside from like Rask, and I'm not going to bag on Rask here, okay? But he's just not fast. But the Minnesota Wild basically now skates four lines of guys who can all keep at pace. Um, the OT, right? The OT. I was charting the shifts. I used to chart them because it was so repulsive what yes. you saw. Because guys couldn't keep up, and it's like Suter has to be out there, and he's going at like half speed, and now here comes Parisi, and he's slower than Ryan was, and then here comes Koivu, and he can't skate. Um, tonight, watching that OT, watching that first period, watching that entire game, you had a team that was playing at pace the entire game. We we talked about this on this show, I think it was two years back now. They couldn't play at pace. They wanted to, and they couldn't. When Dean took over this team, he basically said, we are going to skate. And we watched that team, Declan, and we're like, okay, he wants to skate, but they can't skate. Tonight, they can skate. They can skate now. They can keep up. They can create their own good fortune through hard work. Their goaltender, their goaltender can pull a Dubnik. And it's not a death sentence to the game because in OT, he makes, what, three or four huge saves. Yeah. Dubnik never got to OT. When's the last time that Devin Dubnik got to the three-on-three and made saves? He didn't. The first big save that Talbot made in OT goes in on Dubnik. I'm sorry. I I am just, I am so relieved. I am so relieved. All all apologies to Zach Parisi. All apologies to, hold on a second. I'll I'll bring his buyout (laughs) brother into the show. Buyout brother too. Ryan Suter, um, I just can't tell you as a hockey fan what a relief it is to watch that game tonight and realize we can now attend a team, team's games, who can play the way the game should be played. Yeah, man. I mean, this is exactly what you and I have been talking about. This is why Bill Guerin ends up biting the bullet and ends up buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter and kind of drops a bombshell on fans in July and Look, Parisian Suter, if you could go back and you do it again, you do it again. No one no one would not do that again, I don't think. It it changed the entire perception of the Wild, who were stagnant after a, a great little jolt of, of being back in Minnesota for having the NHL back in hockey. But at the end of the day, and it, look, it was fun. It was it was it was fun watching Parisian Suter be here. At the end of the day, you had two first round playoff wins and that was all you had to show for it. And maybe more importantly, towards the end which I think outweighs the good, it got bad. It got bad on, not just on the ice, it got bad in the room. And it took Paul Fenton to first come in and say, I'm going to start trading guys. And some of his assessments were dead on. Mikhail Granlin for Kevin Fiala is a home run trade. I will go to my grave on that. It's a home run trade. Oh yeah. You could also yep. make the case that Niederreiter for Victor Rask is also one of the worst trades in hockey in the last 10 or 15 years. You can also make those case. But Paul Fenton said, something's not right here. This core of Prize, Suter, Koivu, and the supplementals of the Zucker, Granlin, Coils ain't going to work. I'm going to start breaking it up. And then, obviously, we figured out Paul Fenton was just, like, one of the worst humans to deal with in the workplace and not a great guy, and he gets canned. So then Bill Guerin comes along. Mm-hmm. And Bill Guerin steps in, who is a former cup winner, a former captain, a former role player, a very self-aware player. player. Yes. Very self-aware player. A player that, when his time was coming to the end in Pittsburgh, said, how could I help this team because I'm not the player I used to be? Mm-hmm. And then he transitions to an executive role, and, and then all that obviously trickles in, and he sees that this is not working. So he ends up breaking it up even more. He trades Eric Stahl after he gives him a no-trade list and says, I don't care you gave me a no-trade list. You, you, didn't leave, you didn't leave the Sabres on there, so I'm trading your ass to Buffalo. Right? <laughs> yes. and, then, and, then he, and then he still ends up locking up guys like Joel Eriksson Eck. He doesn't want to trade draft picks. He wants to keep Kirill Kaprizov and get some gun for five years. We would love to see him, Kevin, Kevin Fiala sign. At least I would love to see Kevin Fiala sign long-term. But he's keeping this core together because he realizes that this culture and everything else had to change here. 
So when Jared Spurgeon becomes captain, and Marcus Foligno and Matt Dumba now take alternate captain roles, it, it goes to show that this is a completely new era of wild hockey. And I think the epitome of that happened tonight. And I know we haven't really even gotten too much into the nuts and bolts of what happened this evening at XL Energy Center in St. Paul, because mm-hmm. I think what happened tonight is such a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we can talk about how insane that that win was for the Wild tonight. Obviously, it was it was an incredible win. It was your first home game in 21 months with the full crowd. But I, I think it also goes to show guys like Joel Eriksson-Eck and Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov being the new faces of this team. So it, it is, and I, we'll get into the game here, and I think in just a little bit after we get off a of soapbox. But it, it is, it is so, it, it, it is so, yeah, it's not we're so thrilled. We're it thrilled. Is a, this is a thrilling win for the Wild, who are yes. now three and zero on the season. Yes, and as a fan of hockey, it is so fun to watch. I mean, that was the majority of wild playoff games that I've seen aren't as good as tonight's game as far as the product goes. Like, I've seen a lot of playoff games where, you know, again, they care, they sort of didn't care, and and it wasn't a terrible game, but, it, I mean, that game tonight was thrilling. It was end-to-end. This is why you want teams that can skate. Okay, let's get to the first line, okay? Because statistically, sure. they had a great night. Yeah. And I want to get your thoughts on on this, because we, we definitely talked about this during the course of the game. But Zuccarello tonight, two goals, two assists, four shots. Kaprizov, three assists, no goals, three shots. Eric Sinek a hat-trick, seven shots. So this line tonight totaled five goals, five assists, 10 points, 14 shots. Here's the thing. They didn't shoot enough. They could have shot more. Um, and Declan, I still feel, I and I think this line is going to be, I think this line is going to take off completely. Sure. But I think with what we've seen these first three games, they've been too cute at times. They're still tr- they're still trying to get their exact roles. My point being is, Declan, they total ten points and fourteen shots, and there's a lot more there. But like True. we we saw um, that line Kaprizov at times for sure. Zuccarello, you, you pointed this out for sure. Uh, there were a lot of times where you're like, Matt, you got to shoot the puck. But I mean, if they got ten points, five goals, and fourteen shots, and we were basically griping. What's the ceiling for for the mm-hmm. these three? I mean, that's a fantastic uh, statistical night, excuse me, and it's just a start. Couple things too, because analytically they were beastly tonight too. Um, Corsi wise, they outpossessed the they outpossessed the Jets. They created yes. high danger chances, six to one. So when they were on the ice, they were literally creating more high danger chances than they were allowing by far. Um, and this is not to say that that line played poorly. So, and I think there might be even some fans listening right now. They're saying, "What are you talking about?" They like you just you just explained that what they did at the end was big. Analytically, they had a big night, and we're saying, yeah, it was a good night. But look what even more what they can do right. when Matt Zuccarello scores that first goal. That right. was exactly what I turned to. You. I said, this is exactly what I've wanted him to do forever. He's a he's the he might be the second best playmaker on this team. That's not named Kirill Kaprizov. He, you could even make a case just bona fide. Put him in a glass ceiling playmaker. You might make a case he is the best just natural playmaker on this team. I think it's Kirill, but you can make a case it's Matt's. Totally. He's a great he, he, was, he was a great playmaker in New York for years. Absolutely. But he has ability to shoot the puck that he never does, so he should shoot the puck more. Joel Erickson Eck, who Bill Guerin called me out on this show and said, I disagree with you, Declan. He actually has a lot more skill than I think you give him credit for, and he not, he's not going to get garbage goals and parking himself from the net, which he did do tonight, by the way. But mm-hmm. he also showed skills with his hands in that wraparound. He scored a hat trick tonight. There is the second more. goal. Yeah, the second goal was what, what was I believe beautiful. the puck went went off the boot of of Matt's skate, bounded up in the air, and X swiped it in. Yep, like the, it, it was a greasy goal, but the hand eye coordination on Erickson X part was phenomenal. Th- this is not just a guy who, and by the way, he I, I still think at the end of the day he scores a lot of his goals, parking himself in front of the net and cleaning yes. up garbage. But I, I, I I'll eat crow. Ali Crow, and that I will say, yeah, Garen was right, and there is way more to this guy's game, which is a good thing, by the way. I love that. I, right, I, I, but have, your point, I love that. But your point, he is go, his greatest purpose on this line is going to be what you talked about, and what they're and what we're going to need to find is for Mats and Kirill and him to to sort of get what their roles are, and and they're just 
going there right now. But yeah, Erickson Eck, I mean, Declan, think about what this guy has developed into. Um, what, two years back, we were all talking about Brock Besser and why they didn't take him. And and um, I, I think there were certainly times that Garrett and or Fenton could have come close to trading him. Mm-hmm. And you look at what this guy has made himself into and and the fact that he does go uh, to the to the um, um, greasy areas and get those goals. But yeah, I mean, this line had 10 points tonight. They had 14 shots and there is more uh, this. The upside here to me is just so exciting because you're now basically skating four lines that can all skate. Um, I still think that Hartman in between uh, Felino and Greenway is fantastic. Let's talk about, because ordinarily, ordinarily the, these things are like, ah, it's not that big of a deal or it's stupid or it shouldn't have happened. Let's talk about the Brandon Dillon, Marcus Felino fight. Okay. Because uh, regular season wise for this team, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. When's the last time that one you saw a wild player involved in a fight that was that good a fight? Because there were haymakers thrown. This was not a wrestling match. Um, And second of all, when's the last time that you remember a fight that actually had a sustained ability in the building to keep the momentum going? Like, like, like I've seen brief jolts from fights where the fans get excited, you know, because it's a fight and the team. I felt like Felino through that fight and a few plays tonight, and this is where he is just so effective and so valuable. I felt like that fight, if anything, took a game that was pretty intense and upped it for an extended period. And again, I don't remember. I, I don't recall him. You might have to go back to Bugard to find a wild player in a fight that was a real, a real Donnie Brook, not just uh, okay. We'll we'll throw some punches and then wrestle and then be done. Totally. Uh, quickly before I answer your question and 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 talk about that fight. Number one for everyone that's watching us, hanging out late with us on our YouTube channel. Thank you. We got two hundred people in our room right now watching some Minnesota Wild content. We appreciate it. If you want daily Minnesota Wild content, uh, subscribe to this channel right here on Score North. We also obviously pump out Timberwolves and Vikings and Twins content here on Mackie and Judd. We want titles and on Judd's hockey show specifically. We want cups, so if you want more of Minnesota Wild content, like this channel, hit subscribe. We're obviously available on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And one other housekeeping thing as I get it in here quickly, we are giving away wild tickets mm. to a game against the Predators this Sunday. I believe we're drawing that tomorrow, or no, uh, on, on Thursday. 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 So we are giving away wild tickets. All you have to do, pick up your cell phone, enter the Score North app, hit listening rewards, enter to win those tickets. We'll be doing a drawing here. So if you want wild tickets, it's in the Score North app, Apple, or on Google Play Store, you can find that. Uh, with Marcus Foligno's fight, uh, th- this is what you talked about to me when I said, hey, offensively, this guy's going to regress, Judd. Uh, every metric says he will. There's no reason to say he won't. Any, any, any not even analytic novice could say offensively he's going to regress. But your retort was true. But I don't care because what he's going to bring off the ice is going to be is such a bonus that I don't really care that he regresses or if or if whoever he is offensively because of what he means. So he has this big fight with Dylan. And by the way, Dylan was the one who took the nasty elbow from Kaprizov and and then cross checks Kirill Kaprizov, and all hell breaks loose. Kirill's the one that ends up going to the box. It's then anarchy when Kirill gets out of the box. The Wild end up scoring. And immediately, and I don't know if I, I would like to go back and rewatch who initiated this one. If it was Dylan who wanted to go, who I'm guessing it was because the Jets just got scored on. Mm-hmm. But regardless, he made a decision that said, all right, I'm going to spark this team up and I'm going to go with Marcus Foligno, who is known. This is, I mean, you, you picked a fight with the wrong bear. And Marcus Foligno goes in there, drops the gloves, and the wrestling nerd in me, and I know a lot of other people notice this, channels his inner Roman Reigns with the Superman punch. He is that what jumped- that was? off the ground, and punched him in the face. Yeah, it was incredible. And then took two or three more licks, and he, like, they, they separated them. You know, it wasn't like, like Felino got him on the ground and beat the living crap out of him. I think it, it would be very easy to say, watching that fight over and over again, excuse me, that Felino won it, but he, Dylan made a humongous mistake because Felino got the entire crowd going. 
to your it, it is easily it was the best fight I've ever seen in person by far in, in a hockey game I've I've never seen a fight like the that. old days but yeah so it, it, and and my youngness no, right. I, I mean I you're saw right. Bugard I, I I'm, I'm old enough to remember Bugard um I even remember you know Steve McKenna for God's sakes I can even break out a yes. Steve McKenna reference from the Inago year at the wild who I remember very well that bout was a dumb decision by Dylan because he picked it with the if he picked it with someone else like Kulikov you know or, well, I or think someone anything, dumb I I think the key though is is this and this is where again Folino is so um is so important to this team I think anybody that messes with Kaprizov is going to have to go through Folino eventually and so so you know I mean w- with the way that that guy can fight there is clearly going to be some guys that now just say, I'm not going to do that. Now, the interesting thing with Kaprizov is this, though. If you go after him, he'll go right back. It's true. So, so like, Felino, Felino, how, how can I say this? Felino will fight on Kaprizov's behalf, but Kaprizov clearly doesn't want him to fight his fights for him because Kaprizov gets mad, and Kaprizov probably will not, probably, Kaprizov plays better when he's mad. And so I'm sure in, in the, the Wilds' mind, they're like, okay, you know what? You go bash Kirill Kaprizov. Now, I don't don't want him to get hurt. But I, if you're going to go take a run at this kid, he's going to come right back, which I absolutely love. And that's the thing that makes him so special. He can score goals. He can make plays. And he's tough. And if you screw with him, you're going to get him and Felino, and that's where that's where this whole thing of like a chemistry experiment to me is working, because that's what you want, and and that's where as well. If guys know that if I go after Kaprizov, Felino's going to come after me or our top player, they'll stop doing it. They will. I, I mean, that's the one thing for, for all of the for all of the nonsense about fights, where fans will say, "Well, what's the point? It's stupid. It's macho, but it makes no sense. Guys get hurt, blah blah blah." Which all can be true. Um, I think the one important thing that Felino brings through his toughness when it comes to Kirill is the fact that I know that if I try and hurt Kirill or bash him or try and do something, I'm going to to have to either put up with a potential fight with Felino and or he's going to go after our top player, which is bad. So like this should create room. Um, yeah, I, I'm very hard pressed outside of the goaltending tonight to give you a lot of negatives. negatives. Um, there, there were some guys that, you know, Fiala came and went a little bit. Yeah, he had enough. He had a, uh, I but think that sort of Ke- a poor game. But, but that's sort of Kevin. Yep. Um, but I don't think he quit. I don't think he quit at all. Uh, and so beyond the Talbot thing, I really thought tonight set a great tone. What is, so so you you talked about this um I think on our season preview for Judd's hockey show. What is your feeling about Talbot then? Because mm-hmm. he's definitely played well in the two games against what the Ducks and the Kings. Those teams aren't that good. The Jets are good. What's the regression concern there? Because that is the one thing yeah. is you do not want, and I, I have it's one game, so I have no clue. But you do not want goaltending to submarine an otherwise potentially good team. I think the the conundrum here is number one, he played very well against LA and Anaheim, and that's 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 fine. LA and Anaheim aren't really good teams. Beat up on the teams you should take care of business against them, but tonight he looks suspect. To answer your question of is regression coming, and this is something that I would be concerned with. I my my panic meter is just at a five. Like it, it, okay. it's just I, I'm I'm kind of locked in. I'm not leaning towards everything's fine or everything's burning to the ground. I would just want to see it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, this might come off as a as a no bleep statement, but like the, this wild team can't afford to have below average goaltending. Right. It, it it honestly can't. Yep. Um, I, I I can make a comparison that the Vikings' offensive line needs to be average, right? But their ceiling needs to be average. Even if it's a little below average, they might be okay. But but they they need to be average. The the floor for Cam Talbot and the floor for the Wilds' playoff expectations, goaltending has to be average. The lowest case has to be average. 
And the problem with Talbot, he's been incredibly up and down in his career. Um, in Edmonton, when he you know started like seventy one something games, overall he looked he looked pretty good. But then he and he wore down, and then he obviously got burnt out. But then he rejuvenates his career in Calgary. He gets a nice contract with the Wild and has a solid year. Um, I think tonight overall, he did not play well. But his big-time save and his save in overtime, which leads the breakout to the game-winning goal, like, you could make a case that if there was a third assist, Cam Talbot should get credit for it. Like, you could make a case Cam Talbot should get credit for an assist on the game-winning goal because his his save set it up and led the breakout the other way for three-on-three. And... That kind of performance overall throughout regulation reminded us of the Dubnik years. And even just, I don't, have it, I don't have it for our video audience right here, but just looking at the shot chart and the heat map, I mean, the goals that were scored on Talbot tonight are above the circles. You know, the, 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 one, on, the one from Kyle Connor that was just a rocket and it came all over the slot, like, good luck to Cam Talbot. Oh, like, right. I, I would love the advanced yeah. metrics on how hard that puck came off of Kyle Connor's stick because that was just a rocket. You're not going to stop that. Yep. But the other goals that were scored, you know, behind the slot, behind the circles, you got to have those. And there was numerous times too short side. He almost got beaten. You and I both were looking at each other like, this is not it. This off. is not the Cam Talbot that the Wild need. Um, yeah. It's goaltending. It's it's a volatile position. Uh, unless you're Vezilevsky or Connor Hellebuck, honestly, on the other side of, of Winnipeg, there's like two to three elite-level goaltenders, and then there's just a cluster of these guys are good, and they're fine. You can build around them, but there's going to be bad games, and they're streaky. The thing with Talbot I think I'd be worried about is, number one, not burning him out, which means Capo Kakinen, maybe fortunately or unfortunately, does have to play. Capo Kakinen should, at the very minimum, Judd, get 30 starts by the end of the season. Yeah. He should have 25 to 30 starts easily. He's going to have to. And, and, and then when you get into the playoffs, and this is where hockey is random, you just got to pray and hope. And, and, I, and overall, looking back at that night series in the playoffs, Cam Talbot wasn't a problem. I, I, I could be, now I'm having fog. I don't remember Cam Talbot being a problem in the playoff series for the Minnesota Wild against the Vegas Golden Knights. But when it gets playoff time this time around, and I see this team taking a next step, they can't afford Cam Talbot to be below average. They just can't. They don't have the team that's good enough to make up for that. Yeah, and I, I, do, I do think, to your point too, you're going to need to have, which this is not just true of the wild. This is true of every single team. You're going to need to have two goaltenders because coming back from the break at post Olympics, the schedule is going to be absolutely crazy. So you can't start cam cam cam. Um, and yeah, I just don't know. So the thing about Talbot's game is through, through, through three periods, he didn't play well. The OT, he was fantastic. And like, I love the fact I do like this. I love the fact he bounced back and like didn't appear flustered because he yes. didn't play. You know, he could have easily been like, I've been good. And, and uh, guess, guess who gets flustered in those old situations? Devin Dubnik did. Our guy. Well, yeah. Devin Dubnik allows every nice save that Cam Talbot made in OT, Dubnik gives up a goal. Um, that To your point about that last save, that last save before the Eck Hattrick goal was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it was what, a two on one? The guy's flying down the slot. Now, it's a defenseman, but still, he, he got his um, stick on the puck, and it, that's a great save. So I'm going to give you some statistics from tonight, two decks, that are impressive and are they're good signs, okay? okay? Three games in again, so it's one game, but they're good signs when you're playing a good team, and the Jets are that. One, face-off percentages, okay? Okay. Because this was a bugaboo, if I recall correctly, What's last season for sure. What's the problem? The Wild, 58%. The Jets, 42%. So so your your four guys, Eck, Goudreau, Hartman, and Sturm, fared well. That is puck possession. And don't tell me that, uh, who cares about face-offs? I've, I've heard that. You know, nobody cares about face-off. no. No, there are times where it's not a big deal, but faceoffs in your own zone, in the offensive zone, there's never anything wrong with getting possession, right? Correct. So 58% to 42% is a good sign. It's one game, I realize that. The other thing, and this is, to me, huge, the power play tonight. Yep. Three for five. Huge. Um, This team last season, power play-wise, got off to a, 
I think, almost historically bad start. But when I look at the two power plays, and and the top one, the top one I think gets too cute again, but I think they'll also be fine. The power play, I think, is going to be a definite strength, a definite strength. And I love the fact that I think, I think the second power play goal came from power play unit two was a Felino goal, and he got it by essentially being by the side of the cage, banging away, and scoring what could be considered an, you know, a not so attractive goal, but it was huge too. So three of five on the power play and success in the faceoff dot, Declan, are really good signs. Yeah, look, faceoffs. I agree with you. Um, it's not that the like if if you look at the teams that are number one or two in faceoffs every year, are those always the perennial cup contender teams? Probably not. Uh, but you need faceoffs in key situations. It's kind of kind of reminds me of if you're a defense. I made another football comparison here, even though I'm a, I'm the hockey guy. Uh, no, it's no, kind of no. like if, if you have a bend and break don't defense, but are you good on third downs? Are you good in the red zone? Right. right. Are are you good when when you need a stop or when you need a key win? Are you going to come up big in that moment? And it's the same thing with faceoffs. Um, Last year, yeah, they were putrid at faceoffs, and they had to be better at it. They just, they simply had to. Um, I when I used to cover the St. Cloud State hockey team, and Bob Motzko was up there. Bob loved to talk to me about faceoffs and how much he thought they were just abs- in kind of the same situation. It's not that you have to be excellent in them, but you have to be really good in key moments. And I think that's what the Wild need in, in their circle as well. Um, and as even Luke Brandt. Uh, uh, Bernard says on our screen right here, you know, Goudreau and, and Duheim have really surprised him. And you know what? Frederick Goudreau also, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know if this guy's like a core player and he's, he's fantastic. But number one, you and I during the game tonight said he is a clear upgrade on Nick Benino, at least as a player wise on the ice. Nick Benino was acquired to be a role player and, and have, uh, he was a Bill Guerin guy off the ice. That's the primary reason he was, he was acquired. I right. think in the end it's going to be a bad trade because I think Luke Cunning's just a flat out better player, and you punt it on a young kid for a culture guy. When in the long term that's not going to work out for you, but in general Goudreau has some speed to him. I liked what he saw. I like what I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, I don't know how long him Fial and Rask will be together because uh, I thought Fial was really up and down the night. But I will say Goudreau has more speed and probably a little bit more skill than I gave him the benefit of the doubt of. Mm-hmm. In, in fact. It- there was a point late in the game, I think it was in the third period, where, where Duham replaced Rask on that line. And so that's where Rask, because he can't keep up. I, I mean, everybody, Rask has, actually has good hands. He, he just does. can't keep up. He, he, and, he, and this team now is so fast. Um, let's talk about the blue line, too, but before we uh, wrap up here, because I find this to be very intriguing. Time on ice, okay? The defensive pairing that logged the most time on ice in tonight's game, Brodeen and Dumba. Brodeen led all wild defensemen 26-26, Dumba 25-37. And let me give you the most positive stat. Okay. Matthew Dumba. Sometimes he makes great plays. Sometimes he drives the fans crazy. Let me give you his stat line that goes beyond the one assist and point that he had. Matthew Dumba had nine shots on goal, yep. four hits, three blocks. Um, but let's go back to that shots on goal. Because how long did it drive us crazy that this guy with this slap shot, which, by the way, is a great slap shot and has been for a long time, wouldn't shoot enough. Um, there have been periods where he does, but there have been far too many where he doesn't. And where you're like, Matt, be more aggressive. Like, this is your forte, right? Nine shots. And he didn't score. And I don't care. I love the fact. And and, and he and Brodeen. So if if Eck and and Kaprizov Zuccarello are trying to to like get up chemistry, which which they're, you know, coming off a great game. But if they're like trying to like sort of decide roles at times. What I love about Dumba and Brodine, who in who are great friends off the ice, they're the perfect pairing. 
Rodine is so steady that there are there are huge amounts of time where you're like, I didn't see him. But mm-hmm. tonight, he made plays offensively, uh, had, had a great scoring chance where he got robbed, and Dumba got nine shots on goal. That defensive pairing of those two, if they continue to play it like they did tonight, that is exactly what you want. I, I think this was a signature game for Dumba. Um, from just a noticeability standpoint, it was he was a beast tonight. Uh, nine shots on goal, creating opportunities. This was a guy who's been snake bitten a little bit, and I feel like, in general, unfortunately, um, on the ice wise, there has been a little bit of a disappointment and cloud over him ever since he tore his pec when he was off to that brilliant start of what now almost three years ago, Judd. Um, there's still been a little bit. Of, well, first it was bad luck. And then there was a pandemic, and then there was a pause, and there was awkwardness. But in general, you can tell he's hungry. And there's a big reason, too, by the way. He's an alternate captain um, because he brings a mojo and swagger to that team that I do think they, they do need. Like if, if you, I think if you removed Matt Dumba from that room, which, by the way, his, his name came up on trade blocks the last few years. It's, it's, it's been floated around there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's a guy, too, that, that Bill Guerin wants to lose, i.e., why he was named an alternate captain. He's a very important player to them. And in general, when he has a big night like this, like firing pucks at will, I mean, Judd, every time you and I kept saying, oh, my God, like every, it was great. every time. And he got him through. It wasn't just because just <laughs> how many times this drove me nuts because it happened on the power play so many bleeping times. Uh-huh. Channel my inner Alex Boone. How many times did Ryan Suter just put the lamest, softest, no wrist, hum, wrist shot. wrist shot from the top of the he point? Throw it through. Just, just to throw it. This, these were howitzers from Dumba. That's these, what he got. These, these were howitzers. This, yes. if you're going to throw traffic on, throw it on. Don't, don't just throw these little cute little wiffle balls through the middle of, the, of traffic. That, that's the kind of defenseman, and that, those, those are the kind of moments they need. The Wild need a moment like that, and Dumba delivered. All right, I got a crazy idea. Okay. What would you think if you took Spurgeon, put him on the second power play? Okay. And- and le- and and replaced him with Dumba, which would be Ek Kaprizov Zuccarello up front. Right now, it's Fiala on the left point and Spurgeon on the right point. Um, what would you think of that? Be- because I will say this: that shot on the first power play <laughs> is really is really fun to think about. I I told you that you're in general... right. It's a howitzer. I don't think that second. I think they're gonna have to just spread. I, the issue is that first power play unit. It should be damn good on paper. It should be very good. But they're they, gonna be, and they've they've scored two power play goals tonight. I think they have. They're up to four on the season now. Well, yeah, because Fiala games. got the one against the Ducks, and and then I, I think they only had, if I'm not mistaken, one power play against the Kings. Yep. So that that game almost does not count because it was just one. And uh, in general, I just think that second unit is such a drop off from the first that. But they like, scored I, that I goal because they their. Right. They work their asses off. Right. Felino, I, like, that's the thing is, those guys are going to score greasy goals, and that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Dumba, man, that, that, you're so right. If, if he has honed the howitzer now to be like, I'm going to take this thing, um, that's something that, that he is, I feel like he has not consistently done. And, and you're right as well about this one. It was on goal all night. Mm-hmm. Every but, shot. Got like, through. what was the year where he was taking them, and it felt like a lot of them were like mm-hmm. hitting the stanchion and crap? And you're like, mm-hmm. what? Are you, what the hell? Um, tonight, nine shots on goal. Totally. Getting them on big. goal. Yeah, I, I Skyler on our YouTube channel right now brings up a good point. Dumb and Fiala turned over I too know. much, to put them together on power play. Yeah. And you know what, Scott? Even I, I don't like being a power play like specialist because I feel like I'm mostly a novice when it comes to the X and O's of, of this kind of stuff. I actually tend to agree here, and I like both these players a lot. I, I, I do think, I don't know, both of them together would be the best decision. I don't know. All right, here, oh, okay, okay. Coach Judd. I'll, I'll come Coach back Logan. with something new, because okay. I don't disagree with that, too. Because, yes, um, Dumba and Fiala on the points would be fun offensively, but, my God, it might high be a problem. High risk, okay. high reward. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. New idea. Reset. What about this one? And this is breaking up two guys who like to play together, but it's just a thought. Fiala up front. Mm-hmm. Zuccarello out. 
So he's on power play too. Eck is the center. Kaprizov on the other wing from Fiala. Because mm-hmm. I still think I want to find ways for those two to play together. Okay. And then yep. and then Dumba and Spurgeon. Now I think they're both right-handed shots, so one one would have to play the left side. But I don't think that that would end the world if they did that. Dumba and Spurgeon on the points. Um, and here's why I say that. First of all, I think Fiala playing with Kaprizov challenges them both, which I sort of like. Second of all, as good as Zuccarello and and um, Kaprizov are together. They have, it feels like now that they just are like, hey, I'll pass to you, you'll pass to me, right? And right. at times, um, I want to challenge Fiala as much as possible. I feel the more he's challenged, the better he gets. Mm-hmm. And that might be fun. And I would like, I really want to find ways for for Kevin and Kirill to play together. That's just one thought too. Power play one with those two on as the forwards, Dumb and Spurgeon on the points. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'd be curious on it. I, I definitely love the idea of Kaprizov and Fiala together because, in general, they just don't play enough. So let's maximize the opportunity, i.e. a power play, to do that. Yeah, I would then probably have to slide Mats out because, number one, Zuccarello, is just, if he's not going to shoot the damn puck, which I want to do more, then you know what? Put him on the second unit, and let him facilitate. Let him let him right, which is facilitate great again and help other players on pseudo center to be better. Uh, and you know, even let me put this uh, back up. Eric says, you know, PP working right now. Why mess with it, Judd? Well, number one, we love line combinations, which also no, translate into in, in yeah, power play. Exactly. So that's why we love talking about this stuff because it's just fun to talk about. Yes. Uh, but I, I I do think um, yeah, I could get down with that. I could. I, I just think this. The second, the problem is, is the first unit is too good to not be good, and we're seeing that. That's yeah, that's and true. I do think they'll be fine. And, like I do think they'll score a lot. In general, though, that second unit, it it is, it shouldn't work. You know, it it shouldn't be successful. And I don't, I, I it just it it's almost like if they're just eating time to eat time. Like I I don't know if it's, I don't maybe someone steps up, but that second unit, there's such a disparity. Like there's yeah. such a drop off from from the top unit to the second unit. Yeah, I'm just I'm throwing ideas out there, and yeah, I man. really and I really do want to see opportunities to get Fiala and Kaprizov together, and and I just I think that they could be a dynamic um, pairing. And the good thing with Kevin is if Kirill sets him up, he's going to shoot. Like that's the thing with Matt. Matt looks yeah. Matt's Matt's looks for the return pass. Twenty two ain't going to look to return nope. that puck. So he's slap it. Um, last thing before we go. Why has Alex Goligoski not gotten his goal yet? Matt Zuccarello did not touch yeah. that puck. Yeah. That that puck was thrown on, if I'm not mistaken, on the backhand at the net. It went off, I think, Josh Morrissey, the Jets defenseman. Why are we not giving Goose his goal? Um, and it's funny too, you know, you know what I I realized tonight, Declan mm-hmm. Goff? I realize Goligoski's just fine. Yeah, he's fine. And look what he played tonight, 1921. I'm willing to bet he didn't complain about that. No, not at all. I'm willing to bet that that the goose got back to the room and said, nice night, boys. Yeah. I hope he said, that was my goal. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just to bring this thing full circle. Oh, first of all, a great game. Yes, it was one game. I don't care. It was a great game. It was so much fun. Second of all, this style of play, um, I'm sure it's not going to be this juiced every night. Um, you, you know, 18,000 fans back. Bleep and Kaprizov stepped on the ice for his first shift and essentially oh got God. a standing ovation yeah, from the crowd. Awesome. The crowd was, D- Dean uh, t- talked about this post game. He's right. If you were there, great job. Like the crowd, there is nothing better than a crowd on a night like that. Um, but yeah, I, I am, it's going to be so much fun and there will be bad streaks, I'm sure. And things that, you know, are, are out of the team's controller. Not great, but it's going to be so much fun to cover and talk about a team that actually cares about the team and not 
themselves. That's totally. my final thought. Yours, Dex? I, I agree, man. Uh, I, I think it's just a new age wild. I think it's just a completely new feel about it. Um, it's a long season. You know, yeah, the Wilder off to a nice 3-0 start. That doesn't mean that swoon season could be along in January, no matter what, what team or yeah, coach gonna, or who's going to happen. You're going to go gonna through, through, you're gonna go through a stretch. Yep. Um, but I really think this team is special. And to be honest, the I believe the Avs lost tonight, the Jets lost tonight, the Hawks lost tonight. Every point matters. Every point matters right now. Yeah. And yes. and also, I believe even the, the theory is if you're in the top eight by Thanksgiving, it's almost like a lock you're going to be a playoff team. Correct. So, and, yes. and the Central's a gauntlet. Like, Colorado might be off to a quote-unquote slow start through three games, and they're a little bit of a sleeping giant, but you know they're going to get hot. So yep. you need to rack up as many points as you can, and this was a big win. Now, now I'm just upset because we don't. We, I mean, I'm, great, I'm going on vacation What's selfishly, wrong? but yeah. the Wild don't play again until Saturday. I got There's you know we have three days off Thursday, right? They don't play Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, so they have three Correct. days off. They're off till Saturday. Yeah, they they play at what five or five thirty against the Ducks on Saturday, and then they come back against the Predators on Sunday at I think five or something like that. Yeah. Um. But you know what? Take a little break here, mm-hmm. and then so. We'll be back with our next Judd's Hockey Show when then? Maybe maybe Sunday night or maybe because um, no Vikings, Monday. no Vikings, because no no Vikings. And like I'm in I'm on I'm on vacay in in, in Chicago. Yeah, well, so. I mean, and there's not going to be a lot to well, talk about potentially here in the next. Correct. Few, I, I think few days. We, we definitely won't have anything between now and Saturday. Well, I'll say this. You know, I, I don't mean to speak for for him, but maybe you make a call up to Iowa and maybe AJ Fredrickson has to hop on a podcast or something between Saturday and Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mm, maybe, oh, maybe, so you're actually maybe. look at you how selfless you are. Yeah, that could yeah. Be your, like if he's really good, that could be your replacement. Yeah, I'm, I'm Frederick Goudreau, and he's Marco Rossi. You know, I'm 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 one call away right. from from someone getting taking my job. Well, they're they're not an official sponsor of this show, but I don't care. Don't forget, kids, drink your mm-hmm. surly furious. Dex is drinking something from a really cool cup. Um, it's for, that's, it's for real. It, it's a it's a copper cup. I think yep. you can probably figure out what's in the Copper Cup. Oh, I think I can. Yes, I think I can. It looks real. very good. Uh, six to five. It was a thriller. It was fun. And hopefully it's the first of many times that, that we feel the need because we're so jazzed to do a late night Judd's Hockey Show slash podcast. If, if you watch live, as Declan said, thank you. We are done. Declan, take it away. Pass you score. Rate, like, subscribe. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Whether it's Fred Meyer, Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.